I have done a video on being a pastor's wife and just some encouragement for women who are married to senior pastors. And then I thought about it today and I had so much more I wanted to say. So I'm like, let me say a few more other things because I um, actually have found that individuals who are contacting me are people who really were just curious about the day-to-day -day parts of my life being a pastor and even Sunday, how I manage some things on Sunday. And so I thought if my friends were kind of curious, maybe other people are as well. So here's the thing. I think that I am no expert on being a pastor's wife and anyone who tells you they are, are lying because there's no such thing as a right way and a wrong way necessarily <laughs> to do this, right? Because as a Christian, we are really supposed to love one another and walk in love and to live in love and reflect Jesus. And the only difference between a pastor's wife and maybe any other Christian is the fact that maybe your, plat your platform is a little bit bigger. People are looking at you <laughs> during services and maybe watching you when you worship and maybe asking questions of you that they wouldn't have asked of you if you weren't married to your husband. So I think that there's no one way to do this. That's why I've never really attended any events that are necessarily where people are telling me how to be a pastor's wife. Now, I will go to an event that has encouragement for a pastor's wife and maybe some tips, but I'm not a big fan of folks who say there's one way to do this thing because I think that being a pastor's wife is as diverse and as vast as our pastor's. Um, you have some pastor's wives who are very upfront and folk and kind of the focal point of the ministry, not more than Jesus, of course, um, but they're a big part of the ministry because they're, maybe their husbands um, rely on them in a different way. And then you have other others who are kind of in the background, they're background people, and they're comfortable with that because that's what is needed for them. And then I'm the type of pastor's wife where most of my ministry is focused on my home. Um, I have been married several years and I have seen how when um, we have issues at home, it can affect how my husband ministers. I've seen it. Um, those early years of marriage where we were getting to know one another, um, I, we had some hard times in the beginning. And so I actually saw the difference to when he is um, freer and has more liberty than when he doesn't. And I promised God then, I was like, Lord, I don't ever want to get in the way of him being the vehicle for your word. So I don't ever want to be part of the challenge. So I learned early in those years that I, I got to make sure when that boy gets up in that pulpit pit and he's able to minister with freedom, liberty, and as few cares as possible. There's even been a time where we were having intense, hard earned fellowship <laughs> back in the day and I sent a note into the pulpit and said I'm sorry even though I didn't I didn't feel like I was wrong but that guy was getting ready to get up and deliver God's word he need not wonder if he look at me if I'd be looking at him sideways or if I'd be looking at him in a way that was um, anything but loving and supportive and prayerful okay so I feel like that's that's the kind of thing that yeah we, we could talk about but Nobody else can tell me how to be a pastor's wife, but I will give you some tips. I got three that I will share with you and hope that they encourage you. Um, again, not necessarily instruct you because you're going to find your way as a pastor's wife. God's going to 
lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. And if you're a minister's wife reading this, you're, or even a Christian wife with a husband in ministry, you're going to find some relevance as well. So number one, I think that it is so important, more often than not, that you stay after church and really greet God's people. I think that you should be, to some degree, accessible um, to God's people. Okay, I, I feel like um, if you just run out right after or have people escort you out and, you know, again, there's no one size because different people have different ministries, different sizes, different things to consider. Um, but I just feel that if a pastor's wife is jetting out the minute a man happens and I used to do it early on, I used to do it. Um, I feel like you're, you're really kind of sabotaging your ability to bond with God's people, to encourage them, to connect with them, to get to know them, to be able to intercede for them. Because if they can't catch you, <laughs> they won't be able to be blessed by you. Okay. And that's why we all breathe is to be a blessing. So I, I really feel like as a pastor's wife, it's important, you know, that you stick around a little bit more often than not. Now, I believe too, it's seasonal. If you have small children, or even if you're in a season of just heaviness and stress, hey, you get out of there. You take care of you. Common sense, right? So I, I don't mean that this is a one size fits all. But I do believe that that pastor's wives should be somewhat available to the congregation. I really do. And even if it's just for a minute, you know, and then you go, um, have your security or whomever, if you have that, have them wait and talk to at least, give yourself a goal, um, at least three people that you look them in the eye and you see how they are, you ask how they are, and you really listen and you connect with them. And you may have to pray um, with someone. You may want to pray with someone. Do it. I mean, oh my goodness, this is your worth. This is why you're there, okay? This is why God has you in this position. So do not rush out and miss your opportunity to be useful to God's kingdom, okay? Now, secondly, ah, this is a hard one. My second tip is the sooner you realize that your marriage is not like other people's marriages, the happier you will be. Okay? Think about that. The sooner you realize that you're in a different type situation than, you know, Claire Huxtable, I don't know, <laughs> whomever, the, the, more, the better off you're going to be. Because here's the thing. As a pastor, married to a senior pastor, or even deacons in some churches, you are sharing your husband with God's purposes. You're sharing him. He's not all 100% yours. Now, I don't mean that in some weird way, okay? Put on your thinking cap. I mean in terms of his time. He's going to be going to hospitals. I hope you go too, um, but he's going to be going to hospital visits. He's going to be um, taking care of the pastor if he's a deacon, um, but he, and if you have a husband like mine, he's going to be studying, 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 and stealing away a lot, and that's okay, you know, but the thing is to remember and let go of any previous expectations of your husband looking like other husbands, if that makes sense. There's going to be times where your husband, if he's like mine, gets up in the middle of the night to pray. And he doesn't need me to pray. Sometimes he does, but he doesn't necessarily need me to pray. He will just get up. And I've gotten to the point where I know what that is. I see it. I know what it is. I leave him alone. You know, um, so it's kind of like you just have to make peace with the fact that you are going to have a different type marriage than other people. 
my husband and I, um, we don't spend a whole lot of time, like all day and all evening together, you know, kind of thing. But we find little rich snippets of time, you know, to spend together. And that works for him and that works for me. Because here's the thing, we try to do things like other people and we're not those people. Um, number one, I can't make plans. I learned when I was dating him that I could I could try to make plans. But if someone passes away or someone needs that their pastor those plans change quickly. And I made peace with that even as I was dating him. I asked myself, can I live with this? And the truth of the matter is, I felt like I could. Number one, I loved him. But number two, I've, I've always wanted to be useful in the kingdom. So I said, huh, this will be part of my purpose. This feels like part of my, my reasoning of why I'm here. So I, I said, yeah, I'm okay with it. There's times you'll plan vacations and something significant happens and you may have to cancel or think it over, <laughs> you know, and reschedule. Um, that's the way our marriages look. And um, the sooner we accept that, the, the pressure will begin to come off of us. Okay. And then thirdly, pressure. <laughs> Don't let God's people pressure you. Don't let them um, frustrate you. Okay. Don't put so much of your focus on their approval that you, one, try to live for them to please them all the time because you will lose that fight every time. You can't please everybody. There's going to be people in that church that are not going to like you and maybe they don't even know why they don't like you. And that's okay. You know, as long as you love them, right? And so there's people that for years didn't like me. And I have a feeling, um, one of them in particular, I think she probably thought she would be in my role. She, I think she might have loved my husband and thought that was he was for her. So she didn't like me for years. But I kept loving on her. I kept being kind to her. I would, If I saw her in a corner, I'd go over to her and pass everybody else up just to keep my heart clear. And to make sure that I was walking in love. But she, and here's a funny thing. Now she comes to me and talks to me all the time. I mean, and, and I think before she even talks to my husband, um, God had fixed that situation. He squelched what the enemy would have wanted to do. So say she never would have liked me. That would have been on her and that would have been okay. Right? I mean, that's, that's the way it is. So there's going to be people in your church that aren't going to like you. And they may not know why, they may know why, but that's not your problem. Your problem is to walk in love, kindness, and be a peacemaker as much as you're able. But never to the point of condemnation where you are living for the approval of other people. That's too exhausting and guess what? It's impossible. Don't even try it. And then I want you to know too along the same lines, I think it's important that you don't find your identity in your husband's call. Um, it's like that can be some pressure sometimes when you pressure yourself to be something you're not or to be someone you're not because you've lost your identity or never found it and it's so closely attached and affixed to your husband's call that you don't know who the heck you are anymore. And that's frustrating. I think that's when people start getting caught up in wanting recognition and telling their husband, you should say my name. You should talk about me. Put our picture in the program. Put our picture in the sanctuary. All that foolishness. It's because you don't know who you are. You've lost touch with who you are. And that's dangerous. You are prey for the enemy when, you do, when you're walking around and doing, and doing life that way. 
Okay, so if you're that person who you've really lost track of who you are and your esteem and your confidence is wrapped in your clothes, your car, your parking space, honey, you need to do your first works over. You need to find Jesus again. Okay, you need to fall in love with him again until you get that fire back. And if you never had it, honey, you need to pray and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit so that you can see the heart of God and know the spirit of God. Okay, I really think that that's important because I ha I'm convinced that all the, the Hollywood and things that really irk me that happened with Christian um, pastor's wives and first ladies is at, at the root of it is they're, they're pressuring themselves to conform to other people's expectations or they're trying to find themselves through their husband's um, call and you're exhausting and bleeding him dry if that's what you're doing. Okay, so I think I, I said three. Um, I hope I said three, <laughs> but I just felt in my heart to say more about being a pastor's wife um, because it is it's it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a role. And before I married my husband, I never thought much of it. I never really did. Um, I I. We had an amazing pastor's wife, Sister Jean Westlake. But in the church that I went to, I mean, she wasn't that up close and personal. You know, you didn't see her all the time. So she made it look easy because she'd set up in the pulpit, you know. Well, it wasn't a pulpit. It was a stage. But she'd set up there with her husband. And she made it all look easy. But now that I walk in this, oh, my goodness, I see the struggle. I see the pressure. I see the temptation. Okay, there are those. Um, I see all kinds of stuff associated with it and um, with being a pastor's wife. And I think that, you know, the enemy uses all of those to trip us up. And by trip us up, what do I mean? To put us, pull us from Jesus and his purposes. And then we become depressed, oppressed. And then we're no different than when you see in those jungle scenes and you have um, the lion out there and all these deer or whatever, I don't know. And you see one that kind of floats away. And then that's who the lion goes after because they've become P-R-E-Y, right? And when we float away from the purpose that God has for us and our identity in him, we become P-R-E-Y and the enemy will wreak havoc over us. He really will. And then that pride of life will start um, flaring its ugly head. And we'll, before we know it, we're dressing um, to look a certain way, to be perceived a certain way. But we're whitewashed tombs because we're dead inside. You don't want that. You don't deserve that. Jesus died. So you wouldn't have that. Okay? So fall in love with Jesus if you find yourself in any of those situations. And if not, I pray this was encouragement to you. I have to pray it was practical. All right. I pray that you um, see yourself as a covert spy for Jesus and in a position to love his people and to serve his people and to be a blessing to his people. Love them like you love yourself. Okay. And that's it for now. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I pray that he blesses you. Let me pray for you, actually. Heavenly Father, I pray for the listener right now. Lord, I pray that you would bless her to find her place in you, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would equip her to walk out her purpose according to what you've ordained for her to be and do with confidence, with fearless, fearless abandon, and so that she can be useful to not only her ministry, but to you, Father. I pray she not falls not victim to the temptations of the enemy to be esteemed by people. 
I pray, Lord, that she will get her, 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 her validation from you. And I pray, Father, that she would see and not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, but see his plans, that she would have the spiritual discernment to know that what the enemy is doing. And Father, by the authority that you've given us, Lord, I stand to take authority over the enemy right now. I, to whoever is listening, I plead the blood of Jesus over their life. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that the enemy would be bound. We call him bound right now. And we loose the spirit of peace, confidence in Jesus, and liberty in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you died so she could be set free. You died so she could walk out her purpose in you. And you died so she could be eternal, living eternally with you. So, God, we thank you for this ministry. We thank you even though it's hard sometimes. We thank you because we know that you're working everything out for our good. And just as a pastor said in our church today, that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is happening. Your sovereignty is in place. We just have to see it. I pray we fall in place, Lord. We love you. We praise you. I thank you for the great things you're going to do in her life. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, mm, amen. Amen. I love you, sister. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll share. And I hope most of all that you'll walk in the liberty that Jesus died so that you could have. Bye-bye.